Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 23. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Brigine. The duo from Oakland, California, make incredibly detailed and shimmering dance and disco music. They've just released their new record, Feelings, and in today's episode, we talk about the record, how the band formed, and the influence of Cool and the Gang. Here we go. Our guest today is an Oakland-based duo who have toured with the likes of Tora Imwa and US Girls. Their new record, Feelings, is out now. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Brigine Murphy and Doug Stewart from Brigine. Hello. Hello. Hey. How are we uh, today? <laughs> Doing really well. Yeah. How about That's yourself? Good. Oh, good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Uh, whereabouts have we caught you uh, today or this evening, I think? We're in Arizona um, in the United States for the moment. Beautiful. I know, uh, I believe that you originally both based in Oakland in California, but have recently relocated to um to arizona for part of the record was that correct um not part of the record but um once the pandemic hit um we finished up a song on the record in the bay in oakland and then put our stuff in storage and kind of created a diy residency while we were both off of touring um and so now we're in Arizona, headed to Canada slowly. Um, Quite yeah. a few different places, all very different in their kind of, um, I guess, aesthetics or feels. But um, that's very exciting for yourself. the The new record feelings came out last week around the world, which is it's not the first album from yourselves, but the Walkie Talkie was. Um, I believe build as, as a mini album. What's it like finally having that music um, out in the world? Feels awesome. It feels yeah. really good. I wish we could celebrate with friends and play shows, but this will have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it it is a very um, upbeat and like uh, I hate using the, the word funky because I feel. As, as like a, a white man, it's just cringy for people to hear me say that. But um, I feel like it is quite a fun record. For yourselves, uh, was it a fun record to make? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we had a blast. Um, uh, I feel like whenever we're making music, um, 
it just has a way of kind of transporting you no matter where you are or what mood you came into the room with. Uh, once you hit that creative stride, it kind of brings you somewhere else. And, uh, it was really fun to be inside that world so frequently when we were working on this album. Of course. I, um, I wonder for yourselves during the pandemic, I believe some of the, most of the record was written in 2019, but was there a percentage that was written, I guess, post the start of the pandemic? Um, yeah, there was one song called Paradise on the album. We had, I had just gotten back from a canceled tour. Um, we were kind of midway in Europe with Poolside and got home, um, was with Doug for maybe a month or two. Um, and we just had all this time on our hands and a, a finished record. So we thought, so we just, um, worked on more music and it felt like it still spoke to the themes of the album and, um, and felt very much in the same world. So we, we petitioned and got it on the album. When you guys are kind of sitting down and and creating, um, the music that the band creates, I guess, do you begin with an intention or an idea or is it kind of more, free flowing and just tinkering and seeing what happens and then building from that. Yeah. More the second. Um, sometimes, uh, like for some of the songs on this album, we were writing from, um, pulling from like jam sessions that we had done with some friends where we'd have like a, a really loose open-ended idea already that we felt inspired to write over. Um, but, then a handful of the songs that we started from scratch, it's just kind of like, um, we usually start from percussion and, uh, either drum machine or drum beat and add some chords and, you know, eventually it kind of takes on a direction. Uh, and we just get inspired from there. It's rarely if, never happened the other way around where we, where we have like a specific idea that we want to achieve. No. Kind of let the music take us where, where it wants to go. (laughs) With that kind of mindset, because I know that um, for the album, you guys improvised for hours and hours and kind of like um, fleshed out the songs in, in that way. How do you determine what kind of is then boiled down to like a few minute song? Like how can you, turn like an hours long jam into the the product that we get at the end. <laughs> I think just, um, finding a little moment or, you know, like Doug was saying, we start with drums and percussion almost always for our songs and, um, then kind of layer, other thoughts on top of that. So when we're improvising, we listen back to the tapes and our friend Chaz, who is the engineer on half or on a couple of the songs on the album, um, has a really good ear for, for snagging some of those sweet spots and those sweet moments. So Mm. it was nice to have somebody in this session, um, and context to be like a ref of sorts and be like, that was the jam. This was the moment. Let's take that and like see where that goes. Totally. Um, and so from there, we had a couple 
um, encapsulated moments that Doug and I took back um, and had just a writing session with the two of us and then built the songs out of that. And typically it was like a song a day. Um, We'd sit with the beats and like a couple simple um, melodies, depending on the track, and then um, really build it into something within a day max two and then it was pretty much done yeah yeah it's kind of like um just trying to to like keep your ear out for that special you know it might be an hour-long improvisation but the moment that inspires the writing might only be 20 seconds or something so just trying to be really uh aware of when those little those little things pop up and try to grab those. Yeah. Yeah. In this style. Yeah. In this style of writing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys uh, experiment? Cause I feel like you've um, between both of you, you do, you do cover quite a lot of musical ground. I know Doug, you had a bit of a background in um, soul and jazz. Um, and Brigitte, I know that obviously with your percussion background with um, Poolside and and Chaz, uh, I guess are there times where you've, you've ventured outside of the kind of um, New Soul disco and had, have tried writing in, in other styles? Yeah, go ahead with your, your album. Um, yeah, I... Uh... I've done a bit of writing in other styles. Uh, I released an album in the fall that's uh, instrumental and kind of like loosely uh, like 70s jazz inspired, but without trying to be too derivative of that. Um, and I don't know, I think it's it's a different, that was a very different process, but ultimately kind of, similar in a way of just like um trying to go into a writing session without too much of an agenda and and uh be kind of open to whatever whatever the moment brings um so in that way it's pretty similar i would say yeah but the genre was was very different pulling from like um, similar inspirations in some way, but a lot more jazz and experimental leaning. Yeah. It's kind of like a a different expression of some similar influences. Doug also does um, scoring and, and like podcast work, film work. So yeah. That stuff feels to me like, um, again, it's like more about trying to serve whatever the the thing is that I'm writing for rather than like trying to do this one thing that I really want to do, you know? Um, so it's, it feels like just try to get inspired by whatever I'm composing for personally. Of course. Um, as mentioned, you guys do cover quite a bit of, I guess, musical uh, background. How did the band or how did you two meet and decide to start making music together? We were both playing in a few different musical groups in Oakland that were like part of a pretty uh, tight knit and supportive community. So we ended up sharing a bill together, uh, playing in different bands 
And from there we met and, uh, we were dating for a few years before we started the project and both touring in different groups. Uh, so had a lot of time apart. Um, and kind of on a whim we're thinking like, Oh, it'd be great if we could actually tour together. And like, we might just have to start our own project to do that. Um, so we made a few demos and had a blast doing it. And, uh, and I had been wanting to put my voice to a project and step into, um, a role as a like creative and a songwriter. Um, Totally. And so that melded perfectly with a, a scheme to spend more time together. Yeah. And, and likewise, I had uh, largely been mostly like a backing musician, but had been studying and practicing production for a long time. So it felt like a, a good avenue for both of us to kind of put our, put our weight into these, different roles that we had been wanting to assume for a while. It can always be tricky with like um, dating and playing music together. Was there any, just even a little bit at the start apprehension of of going in and being like, Oh, please don't fuck this up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On Doug's part. Yeah. I was a little tentative (laughs) just because I didn't want it to, uh, you know, I knew it could be hard and, um, I think doing any kind of like creative collaboration has the potential to be challenging and communication can be difficult, but honestly it's, we've never run into issues with it. And, uh, it's been a truly like, uh, effort, not effortless, but pretty seamless, uh, creative chemistry. I feel like, uh, it's just gone as smooth as it possibly could have and continues to just get stronger the more we do it, which is great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As you mentioned a little earlier, there are a few um, friends on the record. There's Jazz. I believe that there's also uh, Tony, uh, Tony Peppers. Yeah. With having um, these guests on the record. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Tony's amazing. I've played in Toro y Moi with Tony for um, some years. And Doug used to play in his band, Astronauts, etc. And he's an amazing pianist um, and keyboardist. who also put out a beautiful, like minimalist solo piano, solo piano album called gestures this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 2020. Uh, yeah. Last year. Um, and so it was amazing <laughs> to, to work with him and, and get to have him on, on the project. And, um, he's, the inspiration for one of the characters in the Hey Boy video that I animated. Um, so it was, it was fun. Yeah. He's, he's a lovely That's guy. very cool. <laughs> um, with obviously things are a little bit difficult in the U S at the moment in terms of oh, everywhere, but um, in terms of, I guess, taking music on the road and touring, 
with the possible move to Canada, is there a hope that you'll be able to start playing some shows for this record and, and get back into to, to taking the album to the people <laughs> in a way? Yeah. yeah, I can't uh, wait. Yeah, I think uh, the the temporary relocation to Canada is is not that's not uh, the inspiration for it. Um, but we're definitely looking forward to uh, performing whenever whenever that becomes feasible, yeah. and uh, very much look for looking forward to just feeling feeling how the music makes a, mo- a room move and getting some energy back sounds really lovely hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. With um, people being stuck inside, do you think it's almost a little bit um, a little bit better that, that fans can live with the record and then uh, kind of get to have their own experience with it and then when they come to see you they've already kind of soaked it in quite a bit so it's almost that little bit more special I guess maybe yeah I like that outlook me too (laughs) hopefully (laughs) (laughs) trying to bring the positive vibes it's uh (laughs) feeling it feeling it (laughs) um Regina I'd love to know for yourself you've been the percussionist with um with Chaz and with a few other bands how did you get started as as a percussionist um I grew up playing percussion I grew up in Los Angeles and my father was a percussionist so I learned from him and um inherited my first congas when one of his best friends um passed away and then took it a little bit more seriously. And then in college, I joined a band um, and started playing out more and started taking every single gig that I could. If it's like, you know, a, a background wedding gig or a club gig that pays nearly nothing or pays in beer and like half off food and like whatever, whatever gig I I possibly could. And then the more that I took those, the more that people, the better my skills became. And, um, the more people, uh, 
recognize that I was a, a musician for hire. And, you know, it just kind of reminds people, oh, yeah, so-and-so, maybe I'll call her for the gig or looking for a percussionist. Oh, you should hit up this person. I saw them, you know, eating chicken for a free gig at this dive bar. Like they might need the work or whatever it was. And eventually um, linked up with uh, Chaz from Torway Moi. And um, he kind of took me in under his wing and we worked on a bunch of different projects together with the Matson 2 and a live concert in the desert and then ended up touring with him. And then from there, it was kind of the same situation. Poolside was looking for a percussionist. And um, then I had Toro on my resume and, um, and they could see me playing on, on, um, you know, the footage from concerts and, and then same thing with us girls. It just kind of like the more work I put in, um, the more opportunities for other collaborations, um, became available. I'd be very curious to know how many good collaborations have started with, um, eating chicken or eating fried chicken as a, as a catalyst. So. <laughs> An ancient, um, an ancient tale. It's probably yeah, a rock and roll myth. Um, uh, Doug, what about <laughs> yourself in terms of how you got started in music or where your beginning uh, began? Yeah. Um, well, I um, I started playing bass in middle school. Uh, my middle school had an orchestra and a jazz band, much more like academic route. Um and I had some, some piano lessons when I was really young that I didn't really take to, but I attribute a lot of my sensibilities to at least having music around me at a young age. Um, and then I started getting really interested in jazz specifically and bass um, in high school and had a couple really good friends who we all had like a combo, you know, like a jazz trio and it just kind of, it was something special because it wasn't something that a lot of kids in my school were into. Um, so it kind of felt like this kind of point of identity and like a part of culture that felt, you know, like uh, special to me and like I identified with and um, yeah. So it, it was, it was definitely more of an academic path. I mean, I was in jazz band in school and then ended up, um, going to the university of Michigan and studying jazz and contemplative studies there. Uh, and once I got to Oakland in 2009, um, started just doing all sorts of different types of music, like playing in a lot of just like different genres and just kind of expanding my horizons for what I was interested in and what spoke to me. Um, and similar to Brigitte did just every type of freelance gig under the sun. And still, I mean, up until when the pandemic happened was, you know, playing five nights a week in any kind of venue you could imagine and in the Bay area and, you know, touring as well. Um, and I think, I mean, it's, it's definitely like a, a hustle of a lifestyle, but 
just like learn, I learned so much more about music, actually like playing gigs and working with people and learning songs on stage than I, than I did in music school, really. I mean, I learned a lot in music school, but there's not, it can't really prepare you for those kind of like real life, like trade experiences. Um, so yeah, I think in, in a lot of ways we come from kind of different backgrounds, you know, whereas Brigitte learned more from like being around it, uh, being around her dad and her dad's friends. And I learned more in school, but, um, I think those perspectives end up being complimentary, um, when we go to write together and we have a pretty good, uh, language to, to describe whatever it is we're going after. It never, never seems to be a barrier. That's, that's good. That's almost kind of what you want. That beautiful, um, musical partnership, I guess. Have, uh, for for both of you, has there, um, do you think it is helpful in the fact that you have been able to collaborate and experience with all these different acts and artists and types of music that help you, um, not in terms of inspiration, but maybe in, in, yeah, what you said before, an experience and what you can bring back to the table for, for your own kind of act. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, it, uh, it makes it easier if, if you ever, if we ever get stuck in a process, I think it's like, you know, you can like draw on something, you know, like, Oh, what about, what if we try this thing from this song that, you know, I learned in this band or, um, just like this smallest musical device, I feel like can, I don't feel like we've ever done that. We've never done that. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Thanks for calling me out on that. But I feel like, never done that. <laughs> I feel like even if it's not a conversation though, like subconsciously, it's like, you're always kind of pulling from past experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's ever explicitly like, Oh, let's steal this baseline or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I do think that learning music, like the more, the more you really figure out the things you like, like in the most detail you can, then mm-hmm. the better chance you have of making something that you'll actually like, because you have a little more knowledge of the, the building blocks of what, makes that music, you know, be it chords or rhythms or tempos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think past experience, um, between the two of us, we've played with a lot of different people and a lot of different, um, experienced a lot of different dynamics in bands. And yeah. so learning how you want to be treated and how, <laughs> how to treat other people uh, as a supporting musician, yeah. it becomes very clear the longer you're in it. You're like, oof. Yeah. Okay. Don't want to, don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do want to do that, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that knowledge is super helpful. And, and fortunately we had like a decade of experiencing that before working together. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I, I mean, 
my style and playing is informed by like what I've been taught um, from my father and from his friends and different rhythms and like how I experimented with those and created my own rhythms and different like disco and um, chill wave bands. And so I think I, I pull from that as well, just in that um, living and a, and and playing and experiences are are like cumulative and and like feed who I am today. So I think that's that's applicable with like what I've learned from past experiences and how that might be present in this music for sure. Yeah. Would you guys be um, happy to talk about the the playlist that you made for us? Oh yeah, oh, sure. I know the first track is Moody Man Oceans. Yeah. Um, we we went through um, some of our some of our influences from like house to disco to um, jazz and a couple like modern acts that I I personally I think both of us just like. Mm-hmm. Um, be it their um, production style or their experimentation with interesting sounds and synths, um, overall songwriting. Um, so I tried to add in a couple couple modern ones at the end, but um, yeah, that's kind of the. It is very like um, rhythm, extremely like rhythm based. Uh, I'd be curious for both of you. Where did the love of uh, like rhythm and um, and like elements of soul music come from? Like, was it something you were both like your parents played around the house when you were younger or is it something you discovered a little bit later? Um, I think it's been, yeah, it's been an ongoing discovery for me. I mean, my parents played some jazz around the house, but mostly like classic rock and like Motown. Um, I've always been drawn to like the beat and the music before the lyrics though. That's just where my ears have always gone. And I think, uh, being a, a bass player first, uh, like the rhythm and the relationship between the bass and the drums is just something that, um, I've grown increasingly, uh, more aware aware of and infatuated with so i'm always that's kind of usually what hooks me first it's like the rhythm and then the chords and then the melody and then maybe i'll hear the lyrics eventually but (laughs) (laughs) it's probably not like that for most i don't think most listeners experience music in that way but maybe i don't know the hip shakers the dancers yeah yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Pajim? Was it? Um, <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, just growing up as a percussionist, growing up with percussionists, and um, it's super um, elemental to to 
who I am and, and what I play and what I look out for gravitate towards. Um, I love to dance also. And so, um, that's just something natural. I, I, or I, I not natural, but something I gravitate towards. Um, yeah, love, love some, love some drums, love some percussion for sure. One song I did want to talk about on on the playlist that was slightly um, a little bit more down tempo in terms in context of the playlist was um, the Cool and the Gang song that you don't have to change. Mm-hmm. I feel that Cool and the Gang, when I say it, there's automatically like a thing in the brain that goes to um, celebration or um, uh, get down on it or whatever it may be. This was more, I almost kind of felt like it, could have been a record from um, like a 2010s kind of chill wave band. Do you find that there's some really, like there's some band, yeah, that there's kind of like uh, inspiration that maybe we've, we, the general public overlook when you look back on some of the acts from the past. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song so much. And I think, um, I revisited that album a lot in the past, like five years. I had it on vinyl and was DJing a lot, DJing like soul and throwback nights in Oakland. And so that was like, I had to play that song every single time. And it's like so slow and nobody you know, like you could miss it so easily, but the synths on that yeah. specifically are so, um, some interesting they're just like they're they're a really they're like time travelers you yeah. know like to that you know 70s i don't know the album was 72 or something i don't know and um to like that one of the other songs i think i put on was uh, mild high club yeah and i feel like you can hear very similar sounds and i don't know if that band was listening to cool in the gang or ever did but it's a it's just an interesting um interesting parallel that that you um hit yeah i totally agree with you i think the the chords and the textures like you're saying the uh, instrumentation or they sound um, as they just sound fresh today. Like they, they sound like they could be happening now and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Prajean and Doug, thank you so much for your time this evening. We really do appreciate you um, coming on the podcast and, um, and, and your time. So yes, thank you again. Thank Thanks you so, so much, much for having us. And that's our show. Thank you again to Brigine and Doug from Brigine. Their new record, Feelings, is out now through Remote Control Records. We've included a link in the show notes if you'd like to head to their store and buy the vinyl, which comes in the colours black and lava lamp. We also want to give a quick shout out to Georgia at Remote Control for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Regine's picks. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. 
you can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.